0: Good evening and welcome to another episode of Nigeria Politics Weekly. As usual, my name is Michael and co-hosting with me is Phoenix. Now we have three guests today. Our first guest is Atiku, not the not president, not the presidential candidate Atiku. It's just he just happens to be called Atiku as well. Atiku is a consultant with the International Budget Partnership. Our second guest is Tosin Tosi is a public policy analyst and a supporter of Bola Tinubu, the APC's presidential candidate. Our third guest is Salihu. Salihu is a member of the APC, the All Progressives Congress, and a university lecturer. Now, the three topics we'll be discussing today are, firstly, Atiku's choice of Governor Ifai Okoa of Delta State as his running mate, Secondly, we'll discuss the call by the House of Representatives that Gov- Godwin Emifile, the central bank governor, should be pr- prosecuted for illegally printing 15.5 trillion naira for the Buhari government. And thirdly, we'll discuss Peter Obi's trip to Egypt and the drama surrounding that journey. But first of all, so we'll start with Phoenix, Phoenix, Ifai Okoa has been selected as atiku's running mate. First question, did, did you see this coming and do you think this will add fire or excitement to the Atiku candidacy?
1: Hi Michael and uh hi tosi Atiku, and Sally, thanks for joining us uh this week. Hi listeners. Um did I see you coming? Yes I, I I saw it coming. Um, of course, I think by by a week before the choice was made, it, it had narrowed down to Okoa or uh, or Wike, and I I I mean, having watched Atiku for a while, I just knew that he was not going to choose Wiki. I I <laughs> I didn't see how that was going to work. Um, I felt like Atiku wanted to run a campaign where. Um, where it wasn't too much drama, he wanted a campaign where um, he he could portray. And, I, and you know, I went back to his choice the last time when he chose Peter Obi. You could see a certain type of mindset. And so, I when I when I thought of Wiki, and I and I mentioned this on, on my time on, on Twitter as well. I said it was the same choice. Um, I I think Wiki was simply is simply too combative. Um, I know some people in PDP think that that's what they need. Um, like it's a, like they're going to war, they need to fight, blah, blah, blah. But, but it just didn't make any sense to me. I think the election in 2023 is quite different from the one in 2019. You had to unseat, um, a very powerful, um, sitting president in, in the, in the elections that we have in 2023, what Atiku is facing, the challenge is mostly going to come from pitobi not because they're fishing from the same pond, as some people would like to tell you, but clearly because I mean, if you put him head to head against um, against, if you're just him and Tinubu alone, he he would be sh- he would be shading that uh, contest. Um, and so going in with a combative uh, running mate for me will we'll just hamper his ticket, especially with all the uh, material that's already out there on Wiki. So for me, I, I I always felt that he was going to lean towards Okoa, um, for who he is, and and and, and uh, the fact that it's the less likely one to ruffle the feathers, and that's what you've seen. To your second question about will it excite? No, it's not going to excite anyone, and that's why you've seen it's barely moved the needle. It's yeah, it's he's a running mate in the mold of uh, what was that. Uh, um, Namadi Sambo, you know, those, <laughs> those, those kind of running mates, I mean, and even GEJ before, before he became president, there's those kinds of GPs where you just come along for the ride, make up the quota, and you don't ruffle any feathers, and hope that the star power, in quotes, of the person at the head of the ticket takes you forward. Okoa is not a star by any means. Um he has been an he has had an underwhelming performance as a governor, especially a governor of Delta State, one of the richest states in, in the country with all the um, um, funds at his disposal. We haven't seen him turn Delta State into into something out of the ordinary. So he's, he' he's not going to excite anyone. I think he's probably one of the least known governors as well. So while it enables, Atiku to have a consistent, manageable, under control campaign, because you can never predict where Wiki will go, it doesn't light any fire or add any excitement, so they're going to have to do a lot of work to push it. So so that's my view. Um, I I, I believe he went for the safe choice rather than than the one that people expected him to come with a combative uh, VP.
0: Thank you. Felix, Atiku, your namesake, Atiku Abubaka, obviously, as Felix said, uh, chose a koa because perhaps he thinks he wants a no-drama type of ticket. But my question to you is, firstly, how do you think Wike is going to respond to this? Because Wike invested heavily in his campaign. He came second. Many people thought it was a very vibrant and exciting campaign, and people thought naturally a wiki article ticket is a sort of ticket that would excite Nigerians. So in in your view, do you think WIKE is going to take this lightly or what what do you think, how do you think he'll respond?
2: Well, um, going into the mind of Wiki again is very difficult. Um, I think he has made it abundantly clear, uh, I may be wrong, that his primary goal as a politician having served as, I mean, as um, governor for eight years, is actually to... I mean, he has always covered the um, highest uh, office in Nigeria in terms of um, political office, that is the office of the president, and he seems to have lost out. And the reason why he lost out, of course, there were insinuations that uh, Mukowa and some purported Southern politician actually did gang up uh, against... Um, Southern candidate and actually uh, more like hand over uh, their position, the position that a southerner should typically occupy to article and the Koa was one of those masterminders. So, in terms of how Wiki will react, of course, I expect that it will take a passive approach. I don't think Wiki will go the whole org and begin to work against the party, but I'm not sure it will be very active in terms of what happens in the presidential election. That said, uh, drilling down around Okoa, you remember the meeting that held in uh, Delta State. It was the one that actually did bring southern governors, uh, primarily from the PDP and then a few from the APC. Uh, to his and they had a convening and they all agreed that power should come back down south. Uh, For him to actually leg, I'll call it, um, the revolt against Southerners to actually take over after eight years, uh, I mean, eight years of Buhari's government. Mm -hmm. And it's important and indicative to quickly mention again that Tiku was one of those people that brought in Buhari to take over under the presumption that power should go back to the North. And so for Koa and them others to actually gang up and put in a Northern man in a very diverse country like Nigeria, I think it raises a whole lot of questions. Aside from the political issue that going to face, I see, of course, if um, Atiku is lucky enough, of course, to win the election, maybe he will be able to ride the wave. But if Atiku fails to clean the ticket, is one of those ones that will be blacklisted in the South. I think that will be the end of his political career. But aside from the political um, arguments around what that, what that could actually translate to, if you look at Okoa as a person himself and you look at Delta state, typically you begin to ask yourself big questions around even his competence. I've always looked at Delta as one of the big states in terms of uh, revenue. If you look at Delta state, Delta state spends not of about 400 billion every year. But if you look at the state closely, you could easily see quick things that you, if you look at the state and you look at the expenditure of the state, it tells you clearly that I'm not sure if some, one of those people that you will look up to and say, okay, if you get to government, you'll be able to remedy the challenges that we are facing as a country. The question is that why would Atiku, if the real intent of Atiku is actually to begin to repair the damage that he contributed to, of course, by bringing Buari on board, how, will you, how do you bring in Okoa, that has control over almost 400 billion every year and have not really gave... In fact, if you look at the state, I can't point to any positive outcome. In terms of transparency, it doesn't obey FOI. Um, if you look at self stars that's the state and um, accountability's design. There's a World Bank uh, program that try to incentivize the need to publish a document. If you look at Delta State, you will shake your head. So I really don't know what articles say in uh, In terms of political structure, I don't think it has the weetal will to actually gravanize votes in the South South or in the Southeast or in the Southwest. In terms of economic proneness I'm not sure it's there. So I wonder what Atiku sees the name, aside from the fact that it was one of those ones that could lose to actually get power back to Atiku. I think, let me just pause here for some
0: Thank you, Atiku. Tosin, you've heard what Felix and Atiku have said. The point I want to bring to you is, is this. If I were co has given a few interviews and he said in those interviews that he's an Igbo man from Delta State, And he was making that point because a number of Nigerians have complained about the fact that the Southeast has been short-changed in the political uh, arrangement in Nigeria. Now, your candidate, Bola Ahmed Chinubu, is obviously not Igbo, he's a Yoruba man. Um, do you think it's fair that your party made no effort to either pick a an evil man as either the president or the vice president. Do, do, do you think that's fair, Tosin?
3: Okay, well let, let me start on the last question.
0: Um was it
3: for for presidency APC is going to be going to south. And um, I think as you all see it is a game of the biggest contender win. i start with one that uh lost. On the issue of uh, Ego vice president. That one is obviously your last for APC. APC divide the father president. For so a party like PDP. So the issue is this. It is quite laughable when people say it's not your core area, you go man, but it's from the South South. It's just like you say a Yoruba man from Kogi State is a West It doesn't work like that. If Atiku was truly interested in having an Igbo vice president, he could have picked from any of the southeastern states. Not picking somebody because they wear red cap up and down, and because they claim to be Igbo. It might be an Igbo person; I'm not denying it. But you are not picking it from the core region. It's like if you want to pick a northerner north to run for an election, you must pick from the you must pick them from the core north. That's why people are like Bukola think they have improvement politically. And that because people will say you are from the, you are from Kwara, you are from the, the southwest. So I say not central. So they don't so know. There will be a lot of disagreements. So for me, if Atiku was truly really interested in having an Igbo man, you could have picked from any of the five states. Say that if I use an Igbo man from Delta, it's like saying, oh, it's like you say, you know, my life is a Yoruba man from Kogi. You my life is a Yoruba man. But it's from it's not from the southwest. It's from the Kogi. It's not central. You understand? We also have Yoruba names on part of uh, Benin. There are some Yoruba communities in Benin State that they speak Yoruba too, even in Nigeria State. That they speak Yoruba. They even have Yoruba names. But the real Yoruba are from the southwest: Lagos, Ogun, Odo Oshun, Ekiti, Oyo. If you are not from any of those six states, you are not considered to be fully Yoruba. So for me, I feel like I don't know much about Yoruba. I have not followed him over the years, and uh, I don't think he has been an inspiring politician. His trajectory has been within Delta states, uh, being working with Ibori, becoming the senator, then becoming the governor. So, for me, politically, beyond my bias for Tinubu, I don't see Okowa making any difference to their Afrikaans. Yeah. Apart from normal reverse that they will win, and even in the reverse that he has to contend with, oh my God, they are there. Beyond that, I don't see him bringing any, making any difference. WIKE will have done much, much better. WIKE will have done much, more because WIKE ran a very short consultation. I mean, WIKE visit every single, We WIKE did more than We in ABC. WIKE did every single state, every single region. WIKE was in my state, in Osho. Every single state he visited. So someone like that should have built upon all these moments so, of, okay, this guys read all these things. He asked delegates, okay, how can he convert these people to voters that would vote for him and vote for that supposed So for me, I don't feel the choice of Okua is the right choice. You'll see now the t- how the TL has been quite uh child-sick. people saying, Oh, he stopped the data state uh, scholarship board, he's he, they took taken too much loan, he's corrupt, he has supposed his daughter as an assembly, he has supposed his brother as somebody, he has supposed the speaker as the next governor. A lot of cases, a lot of baggages against him which I know that when the campaign starts fully, they'll start leading them at the So for me, I don't feel acquire the right choice for people to have made. For me, if at school or in general the election, they election, they will have used somebody that will be able to drive, drive, the, drive the crowd and get out the vote. But for me, I don't see quite breaking out the vote. Beyond Delta, and even Delta, people that will, that will them that will, that will compete to their they are there
0: already. Thank you, Tosin. Salihu, the debate surrounding Atiku's running mate also pointed its direction at your party, the APC. A number of people have said, "Okay, Atiku met the deadline, picked his candidate. That that's a sign of a man who is prepared to be president." Your party, on the other hand, Bolatiniwu submitted what some have called a placeholder vice presidency, vice president. Others have called it a dummy vice president. Can you tell us why Tinubu has not been able to pick his candidate within the prescribed deadline, and does that not indi- indicate that your party is not serious about pick, uh, preparing for the presidency in twenty twenty three,
4: Salihu? No, it has nothing to do with the party not being serious. Uh, what APC is doing is we're trying to select uh, a, a popular. And a, and a competent um um vice presidential um candidate that can help us not only uh win elections but also someone that will come in to transform the country and help uh Bolatinebu in what um, achieving the long term uh vision of the Nigeria that we all uh we all dream for, uh, dream for. We need someone with uh, a lot of electoral value, and this is not something that. Uh, that Bola Tinubu is just trying to, uh, to, to just impose on people as his vice presidential candidate. But he's trying to what get Nigerians, members of, of the APC to what, decide who is that uh, candidate that can step into the shoes of the values of APC and also can help us what, um, 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 uh, that can support in, in achieving this ambition. And obviously it requires a lot of deliberations. Um, and that's why uh, they have put in that place with us, so that we can get the the best candidate for this uh, uh, for, uh, vice presidential candidate. Well, not like the the PDP. It's not Atiku uh, getting uh, uh Okoa has made uh, uh, a PDP very as uh, um, serious party. Just like Phoenix has said, Atiku um, is just playing. Um, um, uh, a, a, a soft card there. We've known he was going to take Okowa. It's nothing new. Okowa supported him in 2019. But obviously, uh, Peter Obi got it. In 2020, uh, 2022, Okowa supported him again. It's obvious. And then if you look at the baggage, uh, Wiki has Wiki has a lot of baggage in the north. One Wiki, Wiki has demolished the mocks before. But to, to, to confirm that, Wiki said um, uh, in Potaco, uh, uh, River State is a Christian party. So in terms of electoral value, Wiki has more electoral value. He's a popular candidate than Okowa, but with the baggage he has, he's not sellable in the North. So if Atiko had picked Wiki, they were not going to go anywhere. With also picking Okowa, Okowa has no electoral value. Just like uh, my, my, my friend uh, Tosin said, his electoral value is in Delta State where he has only won elections. His electoral value nationally is just his name being written on the INEC form as a vice presidential candidate. He adds nothing to the table uh, uh, nationally, there's no threat to the APC. He, because of his lack of electoral value, you can see him coming out to tell Nigerians that he, he's Igbo. If he has electoral value, he doesn't have to go and try to uh, appease the, the the Igbo voters in the in in, in the Southeast region. But, I, I, like I told you, Atiku is playing a, card, uh, a soft card. Atiku is rather adding an electoral value to, 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 to Okowa. Don't be surprised. Just like he has added electoral value to Peter in the past, Okowa in 2027, he might decide to contest for the presidency because by default, they are losing this election. So uh, with APC, we're just being strategic. We're not rushing. There's a, there is there, there, a chance for us to put placeholders so that we can choose competent people that have what we call electoral value. We're going in to win this election. This is not child's play. This is, this is saving the country. Thank you.
0: Salihu, I need to just press you further on this point, because if you recall, this is what Buhari said when he came into office. It took him six months to appoint a cabinet, and he told the same story about how he was taking his time because they had to pick the right person for the country uh, or the right people for the country. And by the time the announcement was made, over six months later, it was the same characters who were already in his team. So people didn't understand why it took this long. So can you understand why Nigerians are wondering why we're back to this again? It is the, the election deadline was not a surprise. Yet you, 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 your party seems incapable of doing anything by the deadline. Even your primaries had to be postponed and INEC had to give you guys an extension. So this seems to indicate that your, your party doesn't seem to be able to follow the basic rules. Does that not concern you, Salihu? No,
4: no, uh, no, Michael. My, Michael, th- uh, um, Michael. this is this is not a government that has been formed. This is a, this is a, this is politicking from this aspect. We're not talking about governance at the moment. What you need to understand is uh, a lot of us in the APC, uh, we thought WIKE was going to deal with Atiku. But, uh, you know, so Atiku winning that primaries, has changed a whole lot of calculations. And we need to be very, very careful You know, with, with regards to winning this 23 uh, election. With regards to governance, when um, Bola Ametnibu, Bola Nibu, when he was the governor of Lagos State, how long did it take him to set up his cabinet? Less than a month. He's gonna repeat that when he when he wins the election in 2023. So I don't think we should we should link governance and, and politics um, together for now. Now we're talking about uh, uh, the, the political aspect of, of the whole uh, um, um, activities. and We don't want to make the mistake we made in 2019. We want to choose the best people for Nigerians.
0: Thank you, Salihou. Phoenix, your your candidate, Peter LB, has also come under fire because whilst uh, Peter Obi supporters were criticizing Atiku, attacking Atiku for picking Okoa, people said, Obi himself has not been able to be a candidate. Instead, he picked doing Okupe, also who happens to be a placeholder or dummy candidate. So why can't Peter Obi get the basics right, i.e. pick a candidate within the deadline? The deadline was not a surprise to him, so why hasn't he been able to achieve this, Phoenix?
1: I mean, I hold I hold him accountable for doing that, but there's for me there's context so we we all know that peter Obi, until three four weeks ago was a member of the pdp and so joining a new party getting to know his new party members i mean uh obviously means that there will be some time before before they can decide on on who the substantive person should be there's also the point that and i think he made that point in his interview with uh Rufai of Arise today, where he was talking about the fact that they're they're trying to build a coalition and uh, talking to other parties so that they will form a proper third force. So I think that's why, I mean, they haven't been able to decide on who will be his running mate. And so I'm willing to cut him some slack on that basis. Not entirely, because yes, I hold him. I always say that I hold him to a higher standard, but I can understand that, of course, no one picks a running mate in three weeks. So, I'll, I'll cut him some slack on that until he comes and gives us a running mate that doesn't make sense.
0: Thank you, Phoenix. I'm toasting. Totally, I just sent a clarification to you, Sally, who, that WKE never demolished any mosque. That apparently, Governor Firemi went to the state, was the chairman of governor's forum, and the Sultan of Sokoto also went to River State, and they both confirmed that WKE never demolished any mosque. That it was just mere propaganda. But to our next topic, which is God- Godwin Emefiele, coming to you, Atiku, first. The House of Representatives has called for the criminal prosecution of Governor Emefiele for apparently loaning over 15.5 trillion naira to the Buhari government, which was apparently against the law. So, so Atiku, can you explain to this to us, like you're explaining to children, what exactly has he merely done wrong? And why is this a criminal offense?
3: And
2: so um, uh, in setting up the central bank of Nigeria, there's an establishment law. Uh, that's the, um, uh, the central bank act. And within mm-hmm. the, central bank, the central bank act, there are procedures, there are things, there are regulations, there are legal, binding instructions under which as a central bank governor, you align with. So if you look closely at the Central Bank Act, one of the uh, section talks about, I mean, actually grind down to say that the Central Bank of Nigeria cannot lend out more than 5%, cannot lend to the federal government more than 5% of the federal government's previous revenue. Essentially, what it means is that if your revenue today, this year, 2022, is 100 naira, the central bank by design cannot lend you more than 5 naira next year. Unfortunately, in 2015, when some of us started complaining about this issue, when The Buari government got in. And of course, we are having this economic shock. Uh, The economic, if you recall, in 2014, uh, the price of crude oil actually tumbled towards the tail end of 2014. And that forced the GEJ government, under the coordinating minister of the economy, Okonjo Iwela, to actually declare austerity. And so she ran down and to say, oh, we aren't going to spend money much. We are going to. more like focus our attention on DRM, domestic resource mobilization, more like raising more tax from the rich. She was talking about luxury tax and all those kind of things. But well, by 2015, the GEJ government lost the election, the Buari government came on board. And then why Buari government came on board? They were struggling to raise revenue. There was this big talk. If you notice when Buhari got in initially, the body language thing, and towards the tail end of 2015, they were struggling to pay subsidy. And that was the first time the central bank actually started this initiative. I mean, the National Assembly, the House of Reps are actually being magnanimous. What we are seeing now, we are getting close to about 19 trillion. So in context, just again for context, as at the time the Buhari government was taking over government, the total indebtedness of the, central, of the federal government to the Central Bank of Nigeria was less than 500 billion. As of today, it's over 19 trillion. That raised the big question. How did you go from 500 billion to over 19 trillion? So what, how did the Central Bank, where did the Central Bank even raise the money to actually lend to the federal government? It's simple. It's by printing money. So the Central Bank of Nigeria's authority to print money. Remember, the money you are holding, your money in your pocket, that 1,000 Naira note, is just a paper, cutting, cutting paper, that you could easily inscribe something on. As you have the Naira note, there are also electronic version that can be created. Remember, when you look at your bank account, you look at the electronic version, that money is there. So the Central Bank has just been punching computers and creating arbitrary money for the Buari government to spend. And that is against its establishment law. Some of us had made this noise since 2016. We made it in 2017. The National Assembly actually looked away. 2018, building up into the election 2019, there was an astronomic jump. Again, massive printing happening. And we're complaining that this will actually lead to inflation. Today, inflation is with us. Price of, of um, goods and services had more than doubled. The NIR has lost its value. And people say, well, what am I talking about? Why how, how is all this thing related? I will close by just describing this simple thing. If you are caught in the desert, if you are in the desert, myself, Mr. A and Mr. B, Mr. A is starving, needs to take in water to survive. And Mr. B is having a bottle of water. If Mr. B has an idea that Mr. A is having one million naira in his pockets, the truth is that Mr. B can sell a bottle of water for $1 naira to Mr. E, So that's essentially what is happening in Nigeria. We've had a situation whereby the central bank had been printing arbitral money, pumping money and handing it over to the federal government, not for road development. The money is not spent to construct road. The money is not spent to develop housing. It's not done. It's not for developmental capital activity, but rather for Hester code traveling around. If you look at the budget for this year now, $1 naira for Hester code. Uh, You look at horrible expenditures, things that will make you cry. That's what the central bank has been funding with printed money. So in other words, what we have today in the economy, where you see people struggling, the price of food is over the roof, the price of everything has gone over, it's the creation of the central bank. And the suffering that people are facing today is because we have a central bank governor, an APC member, and that needs to be emphasized multiple times. An APC member that had rubbished the institution of the central bank reduced it to what has become today, such that even INEC cannot trust the Nigerian central bank to keep electoral material in that institution. That man had ruined the economy of Nigeria. And I'm sorry to say this, it's going to take more than 20 years to repair what this man has done, assuming, Nigeria, I mean Nigeria, elect somebody with a brain to actually begin to remedy the challenge. I think. Let me just pause here.
0: Thank you, Atiku. Tosin, you've heard what Phoenix has said. Governor Remifile has illegally printed fifteen point five trillion naira. He's a member of your party, the APC, and it is alleged that all well, that money has been spent by the Buhari government even funding elections and all kinds of uh, shenanigans. How do you respond to this? Is 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 this, Buhari has done nothing, Tinubu has not criticized him, so is, is this, are we to expect this kind of behavior from a Bola Tinubu presidency? Is he going to condone what Emifile is doing?
3: Okay, so so let me let me start by saying that um, Bola Tinubu is a private individual and just he is a political member, he's a member of a political party like any other politician in that party. And to me, sincere said to you, there is no member of a political party that will step out to criticize what the president or what the party member is doing. They would rather saw that behind closed doors. On the main feeling, I've actually been what I call an, uh, an economic terrorist over the years. I still don't know what he's doing in that office. Um, beyond politics, beyond Mr. Boss APC, PC, I feel like Kim should not have remained in that office from the first day that he went to court to seek to contest for presidency while still holding us in that position. I feel he has uh, allowed too much politics to be cloud his delivery. And due to that, he has thrown away the ethics and the code of conduct of that office. I remember we really, like in the last election, people accused him of printing money for election. They also accused him of uh, getting a banking license for Titan Trust Bank through one of his friends, Soudé Lemo. They also accused him of um, allegedly opening up some broad exchange companies throughout his, his cronies. He's not has been filled with too much uh, corruption, allegation, and everything. So, I don't I'm not really a finance minister so I don't have an idea about how this thing works. But from a layman point of view, he has done badly thus far. And trust me, all these are uh, shenanigans would happen right in presidency. Since is a he's a financial person, he's an accountant, and um he knows <coughs> what best to question the economy. I remember when there was a time when the uh, government was planning to increase tax, he spoke out publicly against it that no they should not increase the, the VAT. That the only thing they should do is to increase the tax mess. Look, you know, the moment you increase the VAT, you are putting you are putting more pressure or more suffering on the citizens, which I think it was actually a very reasonable thing to say and reasonable advice against the government, which I think is quite uh, in fact, the vice president was in the forum where he mentioned it. So for me, in summary, I feel like uh, the may is really not is an error that obviously has destroyed whatever identity CBN has. And everything just could, Imagine I next say they, they, they can't keep they can't skip uh their their materials to CBN I again, mean, something they have been doing for decades. That's what goes on to show how one person can destroy a system that works. So that's just the summary for me. But what I a new presidency, no CBN governor will be allowed to go rogue like this. It will never happen.
0: Thank you, Tosin. I just need to ask you a follow-up question because, first of all, you've described Bola Tinubu as some sort of ordinary member of the APC, but he's actually officially the national leader of the party. And secondly, you've already just given us an example of Tinubu publicly challenging a government policy that he thought was wrong, i.e. you said when they wanted to increase the VAT, Tinubu spoke publicly. So can you explain again why the national leader of your party and also your, your preferred candidates is sitting idly whilst 15.5 trillion naira has been printed illegally by this government.
3: Well, as I've said, people will only speak based on the information they have. If it doesn't have enough information on this, and because some of these things really, in the news at times are not even valid. That's a fact. Some stories come out, but the fact that they come out of something that they are valid stories. So for me, I feel like you won't just expect but to just speak on something because this paper is it without laying his hands on the fact. And also it's a political season. And the fact is, and I want us to be realistic as we've always been on this on this platform. You can't expect a party candidate to now start actually as a, a critic of government. No, not at this moment. It's not possible anymore. You can't he can't assume that role anymore. That can only be done in the future. Maybe when he gets power, they reverse some of these policies and everything. But for now, we obviously can't say anything. But as I've said, under a presidency, no CBN governor will be allowed to go rogue like this. It won't happen.
0: Thank you, Tosi. Salihu. you're also a member of the APC. And the legislature, both houses, the Senate and the House of Representatives, are dominated by APC members. And obviously, the president and the vice president are also from the APC. And the governor of the central bank, Emir Fele, is also a member of the APC. But yet, the legislature who have oversight of the CBN are acting shocked that 15.5 trillion has been printed. So where were they when all this money was being printed? It it didn't happen today. And secondly, why don't they reach out to Buhari and get him to sack Emiyafili? Why are they speaking as if Emiyafili is an independent third party separate from Buhari?
4: Salibu. Honestly, uh, Phoenix, uh, with that uh, legislation, um, I, I have no answer to them because I see them as a bunch of self-centered uh, individuals. Unfortunately, with, 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 with the case of Emifeli also, like every other APC member that wishes well for this country, he's an individual that should have been sacked long ago by Buhari he 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 he, he saw one that has the mod on pdp with him since the days of jonathan so i don't know why buhari would have continued with such an individual we would have thought he would have brought someone new that understands the real economics of or, 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 uh, of the country and also global practices well, uh, with 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 with, with, with uh, it's just uh, very very unfortunate and um, i'm 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 not sure why the, 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 the legislature uh, 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 waited till this time to investigate uh, such an individual. But with what they've done, even though we have read, it was even some lawyer, it was, it was the House of Reps member from Eson, a, a PDP guy in Edo State, that has even, actually even called for them to investigate uh, such an individual. And I think I, I agree with him. And it's even very unfortunate that members of, of our party, APC, in the, both in the Senate and the House of Reps, have, um, have not called Emi Fili, Fili-, Fili- to, 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 to the Senate. They've not f- found a way to investigate him for his political brouhaha that he has done uh, uh, recently. So it's just unfortunate. And uh, for Buhari, I really don't know. As much as he's a leader, I have a lot of respect for him one would have thought that he would have called that man to action. But after serving almost seven years in government, I think I understand Buhari as a president that does not take responsibilities of his own actions. He tries to shy away from things that might make him a bad person in front of people. And that's not the kind of leader that we need in a complex country like Nigeria. And that's why I think if it's the case of Bolatinebo, he would have dealt with him a long time ago. I see Emifele as a mole that was brought in from the PDP-led government into the APC government. And unfortunately, he has found a way in there that he just can't, uh, it's difficult to just take him out.
0: Thank you, Salihu. You've uh, described Emifele as a PDP mole who was sent to the CBN to destroy the place, Phoenix. You you've heard the defences that have been put up by Tosin and to a lesser extent by Salihu. <laughs> are you are, are you impressed by the explanations?
1: <laughs> my God, I I just been laughing my head off here. I mean, <laughs> I mean Tosin and Sally, they just cracked me up. I say they just cracked me up. What, let, let me start with Sally first. you so says that. Okay, yes, we agree. He was appointed by a PDB president. And he did all of, uh, I think, was it six months or thereabouts, or maybe about six to eight months under this PDB president. As Artiku said, by the time that PDP president was leaving, the the ways and means from Central Bank was around 500 billion. Now, under this saint of an A.P.C. <laughs> it's increased by 19 trillion. So was it the PDP president? I was still giving him the instructions uh, to continue lending the money. And it's interesting to me where people. We put, well, I think we try, uh, sorry, Sadi will try to redeem himself by saying that uh, uh, Buhari doesn't take uh, responsibility and blah, 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 because I was going to, I was going to come in on that point to say, I don't know, for seven years, this guy was, was uh, lending federal government money, was it it the one also spending it? Was it not the federal government that was spending the money? Was it not Buhari's government that was spending the money that this guy was borrowing? I mean, he was getting instructions from from Buhari to to make the funding available. Who was taking crazy budgets to the National Assembly uh, to get them to, to authorize it? It was the Buhari administration knowing fully well that they don't end up to 4 trillion naira, They were setting up budgets of 10, 12 trillion every year. Where, would, where did they expect the funding to come from? Everybody was doing his job. He was doing what his boss wanted him to do. So this idea that they're going to now, you know, put everything on his head. I mean, how does, he, how does that even begin to make sense? I mean, let's look at the analogy. There's a company and there's a bank MD that keeps funding this company, and you say it's the bank MD's fault alone. What about the company itself that is collecting the money to its own account and spending it? It's just strange to me. This yeah, we, we have we have even though it was for a short period of time. I always keep telling people, go and check those eight months that Emifile was under Jonathan, and the actions he took relative to the economy, relative to managing um, the naira, I always tell people, go and check. In those, just those eight months, in response to the crashing oil prices, he devalued the naira twice because it was the logical thing to do. It was the logical thing to do. But when Buhari came in and started with all this drama about oh we can't we can't kill the naira we can't do this this that's when you started hearing things like demand management and before you knew it spiraled into what we then had with the recession in 2016 and the guy did what he knew best after all he's, he's a bank he's a banker he's not an economist he started giving them money to plug the gaps that they had created. So to to I'm not here to defend Imeefil. Anyone who has followed me on Twitter or read any of my chronicles will know that I mean he's he's somebody that clearly I ha- have had in my sights for a long time and and spare I, I never spare him. But nobody should come and try and uh, um, defend uh, or try to remove Buhari from blame. Uh, it, this this is Boharinomics that we've seen and this whole thing is is totally from him and the other part of it for me is speaking to Tosin's point about um, um, tinobu will not have done this or will have dealt with him what are we talking about what are we talking about it would have been the same or even worse was it not tinobu that was advising the government during pandemic to be printing money didn't he say that and then all of a sudden we believe that he won't do it what economic idea has Tinubu shared that gives anybody any, any, any belief that he has the foggiest idea of how to run a, an economy? Is it what he has done in Lagos with the nonsense that uh, both Alphabeta and uh, LRIS have been doing for the last 20 years? I mean, the one that came out and, and, and told us that, I mean, his own suggestion is that he should print more money. It's on record. So what, is, what are we saying that Tinubu will do differently? It's not going to do anything differently. It will probably be even worse because they will be, they'll be looting and, and, and cleaning out the treasury in addition, which is not to say that that's not what Buari and Co have been doing, but because I mean, what, where did 19 trillion go? And don't forget, that's not the only amount of money that they borrowed. That's just the CBN advancement. There's also been external borrowing that has grown significantly from $10 billion to 40 billion in the same seven years. Domestic borrowing has grown significantly as well. I mean, these guys, this whole APC people, they're a plague on this country, a plague, and they should be nowhere near government. If Nigerians know what is good for them, this party should be nowhere near, you know, Asser Rock in 2023, but we'll see, we'll see where we go. I think the uh, final point for me on this is National Assembly. And for me, I wanted to also speak to the National Assembly because I, I, I don't want to spare anyone. People come and tell you the Bukala Saraki National Assembly was the best, blah, 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 I don't want to hear that nonsense. It was there from 2015 to 2019. What did he do about this matter? Why are we just waiting until 2022 for the National Assembly to wake up and realize that this, this, the effect of what Central Bank, Emifeli and Buhari have been doing is worse and a, a, a nuclear bomb dropped it on Nigeria. And they were there now. They were there in 2015. He was there. Um, this Aki led NAS was there from 2015 to 2019. They saw a recession. They saw the devaluation of Naira. They saw the ways and means growing. They saw the debts growing. They did nothing. Then the Lawan, the rubber stamp assembly, those ones joined and even compounded it. Then they wake up. For political reasons, now that Emile is no longer popular, now that uh, the Buhari administration is in its last legs, they finally found their voice to say that they want to prosecute or they want to go against him. These guys are all clowns. It's
0: just a joke. Thank you, Phoenix. It'll be interesting to see how this saga plays out, because as you said, Buhari is on his way out. Emile might still be around for a few uh, years more. So we'll see if Tosi's prediction is true that Tinubu will come in and take action or Tinubu will not tolerate this kind of behavior. Well, we shall see. But on to our final
1: topic. He, he, he'll probably use him to score a few political points, but that, that's not to say that uh, he won't put in his own person there to, to do what he needs him to do.
0: Well, well thank you. Well, we, we shall see. So on to the final topic, which is Peter Obi going to Egypt. Atiku there's been a lot of noise on social media about Peter Obi's trip to Egypt. Some people were supportive. They said it was the right thing to do, to go and learn. I'm not quite sure what he was going to, to learn. Maybe you can tell us. But there were other people who attacked him and said he should have been in AKT states, that there was an election there, should have gone there to campaign. So Atiku, whose, whose side are you on? Should, should, should Obi have gone to uh, Egypt? And if yes, what exactly was he doing in Egypt?
2: <laughs> I think that's a very massive uh, question. Um, I'll start by saying, drawing context, that um, Obi himself is not, I'll call him, is not the president of Nigeria yet. He's a presidential candidate of the Labour Party. And the core of the funds that he's using to move around are ease and ease alone. So essentially, just like Atiku had gone to Dubai, just like Tinumbua has been flying to London, uh, just like, uh, who, 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 I don't know, maybe he has been going to DJ. <laughs> just like anybody will travel to anywhere in the world, anybody is free to travel to where they want to travel to. But down to the context through which people criticize him. So B did announce to the world that he was going to Egypt to understand their power infrastructure and more importantly, try to understand that. And that will become the core of the strategy. He will be presented to Nigeria as one of his ideas. Now, as a policy analyst, one challenge I've noticed about Nigeria is that most Nigerians do not understand the problem we're facing. We only visit around the symptoms of our problems. If you look at bad roads, if you ask a classical Nigerian, what is the problem with, it? oh, they say it's power. Well, power is only a symptom of a bigger problem. And that explains how policies are made in Nigeria. Policies are designed to address things that has nothing to do with the problem, the core reasons why the problem exists, but rather to remedy symptoms. And if you're a medical doctor, just like Kukua, we claim to be one, the first key thing will be to understand the root cause of a problem, and then you address the root cause. And I can give a classical example. For instance, if you look at pension form, it's a fantastic reform, it's wonderful. The whole conversation you hear people talking about, "Oh, so you are not paying pensioners, people are dying needlessly, A, B, C, D. If you are in Nigeria, for instance, God forbid you have a terminal disease. It, and they say, oh, you have just six months to live." The horrible thing about Nigeria is because of the bureaucratic system that we've put in, in place to share corruption, It's impossible for somebody that has terminal disease to actually get his benefit before he dies off. But nobody looks at that as a problem. And that's also what we are facing within the power sector. And why am I saying this? For you to understand a problem, you need to see what works and then you compare with what is not working. And then when you compare what is not working with what works, it's easier for you to actually know the core of the problem. And that's how policy analysis work. Every public policy analyst will tell you that from the point go. In fact, the pension reform systems that our Government Institute was actually borrowed from another country. If you look at the history building up into that, you will discover that some class of people had gone outside the country to look at what works and then compare with what does not work. And then based on that, you formulate policy. So classically, if you look at Egypt closely, their power sector seems to be far better than what we have in Nigeria. So if a Peter Obi had used his own private funds to fly over to Egypt to study their power infrastructure, then diagnose what is wrong with Nigeria, Nigeria power infrastructure that has eluded us for years, and then phantom in his own program that will sell to Nigeria as a solution. People should applaud him for that, not criticizing for that. That's the way typical. In fact, that's why that's what we're taught in schools of public, I mean, public policy. Now there are question mark around whether you need to travel to Egypt to do it, whether you can review literatures even from Nigeria. But the truth is that he has used his own private funds to do that, and then it's fine. Then it's horrible to begin to see spokesperson of the president that have been flying across the world saying that oh, a similar event is so clearly showing that there's a cl- clear lack of understanding of the challenges that we are facing as a country. And just for context, we are looking at the power sector just as one. If you map if you, if you match service delivery in Nigeria today, we are talking about close to about 20,000 services being delivered to Nigerian citizens by the government of Nigeria. And if you look closely at the 20,000, of course I have not been able to cover the 20,000, but if you have been able to cover, which is in the hundreds, There are always the same problem that people are actually signposting. The lack of clear-cut idea where you are going, and then people visiting around what they don't need to visit around. So in wrapping this up, if somebody says, oh, I'm traveling, if China will travel to the US, understand the American interstate network system, road network system, China will fly over, uh, to Germany, to under, understudy the autobahn system. And based on those two studies, they designed their own highway system that they are now building. That makes a whole lot of sense to me. If Nigeria or Basenjo will travel to China to look at the great dam itself that they have in China and then try to model the Mubala Dam around that, that makes sense to me. If Nigeria will fly over to Russia, will fly over to Germany, to to China, to understudy their rail infrastructure system that Buhari's government is now laying on and building on to build a national, uh, what do you call it now, rail transportation uh, network system within Nigeria itself in terms of the plan, that makes sense to me. But if somebody is now using his own private funds to even do it and then it's getting criticized for that, it shows clearly that we are, I don't know why, we are, why we're criticizing it. Now, if it's using public funds, then we put it, we subject him to scrutiny. So how you spend your private fund is yours. I mean, Buhari, I mean, Atiku is in Dubai now, enjoying his life with his private funds. And he's not being criticized for that. Of course, people can criticize him for that. And then the whole context is that, oh, he needs to be in Ekiti kitty to contest the election. The question is that was Atiku in Ekiti, And what was his interest? And then the Labour Party president, I mean, gubernatorial candidate candidate in the, the kitty, what did he have? He announced that his collab, I think I had something about him collapsing his structure into one party or the other thing. So again, all those things are just contextual. I think for me, personally, what is more, what's, more, what's of more importance to me now is to begin to see programs of these um, political actors and um, being presented to how they will fund these programs. And then based on that, we could actually have more healthy debate rather than visit around how somebody elect to spend this money. I mean, you can decide to spend your money in the biggest five-star hotel in the world and blow it in. Um, after all, we see governors actually uh, spending money, in fact, APC chairman. I don't let me mention him on this podcast. We know a lot of governors that will travel outside the country and blow their money on girls and all those kind of things. We know that happens a lot in Nigeria. And let me end my let me end my thoughts here.
0: Thank you, Artiku, Salihu, Peter Obi, as you've heard, has travelled abroad to try to study the power situation in Egypt. What exactly has Bolati done to prepare himself for office? Has he traveled anywhere? Has he read any books? Has he visited any uh, sites? What What gives you the impression that he's, he's done any kind of preparation for the office he wants to assume? Saru.
4: You. Know, the problem is if I talk now, Phoenix will start laughing. That's a challenge. But you see, the traveling abroad... <laughs> And going to Egypt or wherever it is, is not the benchmark of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a serious leader. And if you're talking about what has Bolatinebou read, right? when we talk, people say, oh, we're wow, always wow, looking at his, his antecedents. If you look at Peter I don't know if he's now, he started traveling to Egypt. I don't know if he was traveling when he was the governor of Anambra, because as much as we understand from after he left governor, uh, his seat as a governor in Anambra, Anambra has continued to what, retrogress, going back forward 10 times than it was before. If you go to Lagos from 1999 till date, the state has been progressing. And it's obvious that Bola Amritinuba has read books, he has traveled abroad. He has seen what is happening out there and he has come and he has contextualized these solutions into Lagos. We can see the Aqua Atlantic. We can see the transportation system in Lagos. We can see their power projects. We can see the refineries coming up. We can see a lot of stuff and that's because of the foundation he has built. And he didn't just bring about these um, interventions just by sitting down in Lagos. He has gone around. This is a man that has worked in the private sector. So is he, not that he, he hasn't read books or he hasn't seen all this stuff. This is, he's a global citizen. But obviously, when he's traveling around, he doesn't have to go and be telling Nigerians that I'm going to China to see what they're doing. No. But some candidates, because they've just jumped to five hours Egypt airline from Lagos to, to Egypt, shouting about they are going to look at the electrical issues in in, in Egypt and how do we fix a Nigerian problem. He's never been the, pro, the president of the country. He will never be the president of the country at the moment. But I mean, it's good for self-learning. So it's good he goes there for self-development and the rest. But And I hope end anyways, what he has learned today, if he's not selfish enough, he can also share it with the government of Bolatinibu when they win. But are we going to need it? Maybe not. We'll keep it as an archive in the library for students to learn from it. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sarihu. Phoenix, you've heard what Sarihu had to say. He says that uh, Bola Tinibu does not need to be traveling around the world like uh, Peter Obi, that uh, basically running for president is more serious than that kind of behavior. Do you, do you agree with, with Salihu, Phoenix?
1: Salihu is my friend, so, uh, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Salihu wants to be defending, uh, anyways, he's a party member, so he has to speak on his behalf. Um i think I think Artiku said it all right the The point is we we clearly have significant issues in Nigeria, and anyone who thinks that someone who should be who wants to lead should not be looking for solutions wherever they can be found clearly doesn't understand what leadership is about you it, you know, we, we, there's a lot of times that we say, especially in, in the corporate world, that I mean, efficiency makes a whole lot of sense and you don't try to reinvent the wheel. If you know that the country that you have has power problems, the whole of Nigeria doesn't distribute up to 5,000 megawatts of electricity. The whole of Nigeria for 200 million people The power plants that uh, Peter Obi visited, the one that we saw the pictures and the videos, that plant alone generates and distributes 4,800 megawatts. Just that place alone generates and distributes more than what the whole of Nigeria distributes. And people think that that is a joke that he went there to go and understand How is it that they were able to deliver something that we've been struggling? At least if you even take away all of the period before 1999, for 24 years or 23 years going on 24 years, we've been struggling to do anything meaningful on par. And there's nothing more egregious than what the APC government has done. Because if you look at, okay, we were struggling and struggling. We got to 2013, where by 2013-14, we already had operating capacity that was already put in place of about 12,000 megawatts. The and, and then of course the privatization had happened, those generating plants were sold, distribution was already privatized. The key bottleneck was transmission. So if it was only transmission that this government had focused on for seven years, bear in mind, we had spoken earlier of them borrowing uh, 19 trillion from the central bank alone if it was only transmission, they had focused on upgrading and getting that to a post, because our transition is a a massive bottleneck because transmission is in between, right? So you generate power, then you pass it through the power lines to the distribution that gets it into people's homes and charges them for it so that the entire value chain can can get the reward for the power that is generated. But our transmission cannot carry more than 5,000 megawatts. So if they had even just focused on that, and bumped it up to 15,000 so that the whole 12,000 or 13,000 operating capacity that we have and more is being added. It's, it's, I mean, building more generating plants are coming online. We have the NIPP, we have all those things coming up. If they had done that, we'll be in a far better place. But it's even worse than when they took it over. Everyone remembers, and uh, Michael, you remember that we even had a conversation about Manitoba maybe a year or two ago on the podcast. So there has, there has been no no progress, everything has been regression. And so you have somebody who's saying that, look, there is a clear blueprint for success. I want to go there and go and see, so what did you guys do differently? How did you do it to be able to, to be successful? And that's not the only place that he's gone to. We know that he's, he's, he's done, I mean, Peter B is a student of governance. You only need to read his CV and understand I mean, when he pursues these kinds of programs, he's been to India, he's been to Bangladesh. He goes to countries that are third world progressing countries, not not even the richest countries. He goes to countries like us that have the kind of issues that we have. Issues with, with corporate governance, issues with poverty, issues with development, and then those countries have been able to pull themselves up. So he talks about the Vietnams of this world, he talks about the Indonesias of this world, the Bangladesh, uh, Egypt, you know, so that, I mean, he's not looking at utopia, he's looking at, you know, and, and then wants to bring those ideas back. And 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 people are talking about Bolatsi what, what has he done? I keep asking people, name, I mean, I give him credit for um, expanding on the Lagos IGR machine, but the question is to what end? To what end? What what is the major outcome of Lagos being so self-sufficient to to such a high degree in terms of generating so much revenue that if you put together Lagos's IGR, it's higher than uh, two thirds of the other 35 states, if I'm correct, I mean, and I'm sure Atiku can correct me because, I mean, he did a lot of work on this, but they, they, they generate so much money, and you're like, what do you do? And they've also borrowed heavily because Lagos's debt is in excess of a billion dollars the last time I checked. And so you're like, so what have you done? We still have the same um, um, road transportation bottlenecks across Lagos. The Fort Mainland Bridge that they've been talking about forever hasn't been done. The lekki Expressway took like God knows how long, maybe a decade. To you still you still ramble. So you're like, what is the development that has been brought to Lagos? Whenever there's a where there's heavy rainfall, you have floods everywhere. So what 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 is this learning or or or? knowledge that he's brought. I mean, he did his eight years and then he handed over to people that he were people that he's chose and picked over time to continue his legacy. But I mean, you're like, what is the lasting legacy for Lagos? But if you go to Anambra stage, you can, see, you can see the lasting legacy of a man who focused on education and you can see the outcomes from twenty six to first you can see the the feedback on the road network that he built. You can hear the feedback from the DMO on on how um, they manage uh, debts, kept debts low. You can hear the feedback on if they tell you what states are able to cover their expenses as a result of the revenue that they get. Anambra, Lagos, and I think the third one is Delta. We both know the kind of revenue streams that come to Lagos and Delta, and Ambra is one of the poorest states in terms of revenues, uh, share from... Uh,
0: Sir, I, I think you mean riv- rivers, not Delta. Well, sorry, rivers. rivers. My bad. You know?
1: So I'm like, when, I mean, too much is given, much is expected. So if, if this guy could do a, that much with so little in such a state where we know that there was always a lot of uh, drama and all of those kind of things, what, why won't I give him more it, rather than somebody who had so much and has d- given so little? There's no, there's no, there's no basis for compa- for comparing the outcomes that uh, Peter Bivarin B- and Ambra versus what uh, Timidobo, they both had eight years, but we can see what their legacies are. So, I mean, to cut the long story short, I think for me um, he's. He's showing the willingness to go and learn. He's showing the willingness uh, to find solutions wherever they may be is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is exactly what I expect. Uh, and what, what, that's what I respect as well, uh, that, that you can find the right, uh, bring the right intellectual capability to, to the country and help us solve the problems that we have going forward.
0: Thank you, Phoenix. But our time is up. Tosi has had to leave because he had to attend to some urgent matters. But our time is up. So firstly, I must thank you, Phoenix. Thank you, Salihu. Thank you, Atiku, for all being here. I must say thank you to our listeners. Your feedback is always very helpful. But until same time next week, I say have a fantastic seven days to everyone.
1: Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Aliu and Atiku, and thanks Tosin. Uh, thank you, listeners. Always, always glad to get your feedback and
3: to know that you're out there listening. Uh, wish you all a great week. Bye, everyone.